Hi, welcome to Two Towns Over. This show is made possible by our patrons. If you want to monetarily support the show, we're at patreon.com slash two towns over. If you can't support us financially, then you can support us algorithmically by liking, rating, and sharing. Thanks. Enjoy the show. What up, though? How y'all doing? Now. I'm struggling, but we're here. But I think it's getting better. Every recording we do gets better. The first one took us almost 45 minutes to even start. Hey, I killed somebody. Oh, sick. Hey. Yeah, do you know how, like, I don't know if it's frightening or disheartening that I posted on Discord last night that I was frustrated and I was going to blow off steam by killing a bunch of cult members. Everyone knew what you meant. (laughs) But really, what did I mean? You were going to go play Far Cry 5. Okay, wow, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you doubt me? Fuck, I died. All right, I'm going to stop playing this game. (laughs) Okay. So, welcome to How do I stop this? I don't know. I don't even know how you started it. So welcome everybody to Two Towns Over. No fucking clue. And we're finally back with an actual topic this week. It was actually supposed to be a topic that we were going to do for Halloween before we decided um, no. But I don't have anything new, so I'm just going to have the script that I was using are planning to use since it's already written. So today we are going to discuss Unit Seven Thirty One. Oh yeah, I had forgotten about this. Mm-hmm. Unit Seven Thirty One. Why Unit am I 731? in twice? Okay, I'm not. Okay. Basically, Ruben, Unit Seven Thirty One was Japan's answer to the concentration camps. Ah, during World War Two. But to make Josh happy. I have a story to tie it to. It's a creepy pasta. You figured out how to leave yet? I figured out how to stop playing the game, but I haven't figured out how to make the game leave the screen. I just clicked on my own face. Uh huh. And I'll then just, it, I'll it wait went until into you a guys are ready. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, there was a button that said "Leave Activity" from there. Ah. Okay. There you go. Great. Are we ready now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we I think we figured okay. it out. So yeah, so the story that I found is a creepy pasta called uh, the Gateway to the Mind, or Gateway of the Mind. I can't remember the exact. That's a great cult name. <laughs> I'm sure it's already been used. <clears throat> so in all the good ones have. A team of deeply pious scientists conducted a radical experiment in an undisclosed facility. The scientists had theorized that a human without access to any senses or ways to perceive stimuli would be able to perceive the presence of God. They believe oh, I have heard senses, this. Mm-hmm, they believe that the five senses clouded our awareness of eternity. <laughs> and... 
where is it? Where'd it go? I'm sorry. And without sorry. them, a human could actually establish contact with God by thought. Wait, 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 An wait. Elderly... wait. They're basically saying, pray real hard and you can essentially no. become one with God? No, they're saying if you kill all of your senses to where you have no way to access stimuli, you can... Then you will experience God. Right. So, so, so if I go into a sense deprivation chamber... No, even further than that. Literally... And then also meditate? Okay. So an elderly man uh, who claimed to have nothing left to live for was the only test subject to volunteer. To purge him of all of his senses, the scientist performed a complex operation in which every sensory nerve connection to the brain was surgically severed. Now, although the test subject retained full muscular function, he could not see, hear, taste, smell, or feel. With it, no possible way to... This, this is a creepypasta, you said, right? Yes. Okay. So this is not real. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so although he retained full muscular function, he could not see... Yeah, I read that. I'm sorry. With no possible way to communicate with or even sense the outside world, he was alone with his thoughts. Scientists monitored him as he spoke aloud about the state of mind in jumbled, slurred sentences that he couldn't even hear. After four days, the man claimed to be hearing hushed, unintelligible voices in his head. Assuming it was an onset of psychosis, the scientists paid little attention to the man's concerns. Mm. Two days later, the man cried that he could hear his dead wife speaking with him. And even more, he could communicate back. The scientists were intrigued, but were not convinced until the subject started naming dead relatives of the scientists. He repeated personal information to the scientists and only, that only their dead spouses and parents would have known. At this point, a sizable portion of scientists left the study. Ooh, After creepy. a week. Yeah, I, re- I remember this. So I remember reading this one back when creepypastas I, were like big. This is one that it feels to me, I mean, like a lot of creepypastas do right at the beginning where somebody gets sick or hurt or some other nonsense and then oops the uh ghosts yep <laughs> oops all ghosts <laughs> that's that's the new captain crunch uh flavor yeah 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 it's it's slimy it's all ectoplasm and shit it's just yeah. so after a week of conversing with kids the love it. through through his thoughts the subject became distressed saying the voices were overwhelming In every waking minute, his consciousness was bombarded by hundreds of voices that refused to leave him alone. He frequently threw himself against the wall, trying to elicit a pain response. He begged the scientists for sedatives so he could escape the voices by sleeping. Now, this tactic worked for three days until he started to have severe night terrors. The subject repeatedly said that he could see and hear the deceased in his dreams. Only a day later, the subject began to scream and claw at his non-functioning eyes hoping to sense something in the physical world. The hysterical subject now said the voices of the dead were deafening and hostile, speaking of hell isn't, and the end of the world. Isn't this the, the plot of uh, that mo- that one movie that the Metallica song Unforgiven is based on? No, one. I was going to say, I think you're definitely one. thinking of one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. That he had, he could, yeah, take my speech, take my hearing, take my sight, take my arms, take my legs. But he could still feel because he was in pain. Ah. Yeah, that's why he was the end of the video. He's saying, kill me because he was in pain, but he couldn't tell anybody. Right. 
Um, so, Except yeah. the nurse At, that spoke Morse code. Yeah. What's he saying? He's saying, kill me over and over again. Kill me. <laughs> so um, at one point he yelled. Right now? So at one point he yelled, no heaven, no forgiveness for five hours straight. He continually begged to be killed, but the scientists were convinced that he was close to establishing contact with God. After another day, the subject can no longer form coherent sentences. Seemingly mad, he started to bite off chunks of his flesh from his arms. Jesus. The scientists. The scientist rushed into the test chamber and restrained him to a table so he could not kill himself. After a few hours of being tied down, the subject halted his struggling and screaming. He stared blankly at the ceiling as teardrops silently streaked across his face. For two weeks, the subject had to be manually rehydrated due to the constant crying. Eventually, Jesus, he his he's the squonk. That's the squonk for sure. He was going to dissolve into a puddle of his own sadness. He turned his head and, despite his blindness, made focused eye contact with a scientist for the first time in the study. He whispered, I have spoken to God, and he has abandoned us. And his vital signs stopped. There was no apparent cause of death. He should have woken up and said, I met God. She's black. And then died. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, so, God damn it. What's the thing you say sometimes? Based. Based. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I told that story because even as unbelievable as it is, uh, it does lead into our main story today, which is how far people will go for psychological or not psychological, but biological human um, tests. Body horror. And, yeah. Yeah. And nothing could be more uh, horrifying, believe it or not, than Unit 731, which was the Japanese biological warfare department during world war ii you said it was their response to the concentration camps it wasn't it wasn't their response it was their version basically okay okay got it so we're about to learn about the basically the joseph mengele's of of the Japan. japan yeah Right, but I will say that uh, I read at one point, I didn't put it in the script, but I read that at one point even the Germans were kind of like, you guys are a little fucked up. Okay, sorry. So Unit 731, also known as the Epidemic Prevention and Water Purification Department of the Kwantung Army, was a covert biological and chemical warfare research unit established by the Imperial Japanese Army during World War II. Now, the secretive organization conducted horrific experiments on thousands of innocent civilians, prisoners of war, and even its own soldiers. The establishment and purpose of Unit 731 shed light on the depths to which human beings can sink in pursuit of scientific knowledge and military advantage. Now, it was officially established in 1938 under the command of Lieutenant General Shiro Ishii. Its primary objective was to develop biological weapons for use in warfare. The unit's I gotta say, like, nuclear weapons are so bad. Biological weapons are Dude, worse. That, that's a hot take. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but biological weapons are, are definitely we sure, Are we sure way we want to have that on record to speak for the whole show? <laughs> uh, for me, I'm just saying, in my opinion, biological weapons are worse. Because you are intentionally causing death in 
some of the most painful and insidious ways possible. That's why they're prevented by the Geneva suggestions. Uh-huh. Geneva suggestions. Gen- I like that you called them suggestions, because that is essentially what they are. So, um, so yeah, it was... A- Okay. The unit's location in Manchuria, a region occupied by Japan at that time, provided a convenient base for conducting experiments away from prying eyes. The Japanese army believed that developing such weapons would give them an edge over their enemies, particularly China and Soviet Union. Now, the origins of Unit 731 can be traced back to the early 1930s when Japan sought to modernize its military capabilities. Inspired by reports on German advances in biological warfare during World War I, Japanese military leaders recognized the potential strategic advantages such weapons could offer. In particular, they saw an opportunity to compensate for their inferiority in conventional weaponry by developing unconventional methods that could inflict mass casualties on enemy forces. That's, again... It's my least favorite thing about humans is that we are constantly looking for more efficient and deadly ways to kill each other. Hate it. Well, yeah. Wish we would stop. And we're staggeringly good at it. Uh-huh. There was a a reel that I watched uh, like a couple days ago. It was like an alien watching humanity progress. And it was like, oh, oh, God, they... Uh, they figured out how to use boats to travel across the oh, and they're using it to kill uh, each other. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, pl- planes. Now they can uh, conquer the skies. They can travel at an even faster and they're using it to kill each other. Right. Oh, good. Yeah. Finally, finally. They discovered nuclear technology. That really helped us. We were able to uh, more cleanly power everything we needed on it. Oh, my God. They're using it to kill each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I That's us. Humans. humans. <laughs> Who else no. but humans? We're the worst. <laughs> so Lieutenant but General the best Shiro, at killing. Yeah. Shiro Ishii was born in 1892. Ishii graduated from Kyoto Imperial University's medical school and later joined the army <clears> as a <throat> surgeon. Recognized for his intelligence and ambition, he quickly rose through the ranks and became interested in researching biological warfare. In 1932, Ishii was appointed as director of a new research facility called Zongma Fortress, located in Harbin, Manchuria. Now, under Ishii's leadership, Zongma Fortress evolved into Unit 731, a sprawling complex dedicated to conducting experiments on humans using various deadly pathogens. The unit recruited thousands of scientists, doctors, and technicians who were given free reign to carry out their gruesome experiments in Chinese prison on Chinese prisoners of war and civilians. Now, these experiments include there it is viv- the the racism. Oh yeah, I was wondering when it would happen, and there it is. Yeah, so these experiments included vivisections without anesthesia. Ooh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Frostbite studies using human subjects exposed to freezing temperatures for extended periods, testing <sighs> testing new strains of ba- of bacteria on live victims, among other atrocities. And we'll get good. into detail more on those as we go. Dear good lord, what the fuck? That's so bad. Yeah. Now being all into that Japanese culture, huh? 
So okay, there's <laughs> there is a fine line to be. Well, Ruben and I both just adjusted in our seats. Like, Listen, <laughs> you know what else? I, I like anime, yeah, but I also like John Wick. So like, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's I'm I'm not like my ex that thinks Japanese culture is the only culture in the world that matters. It's it's I I hate governments. <laughs> Cultures are fine. I don't romanticize their culture. It's just I like the parts of it that are cool. But you know what? I also like the parts of German culture that are cool. And you're never going to see me put my arm up at a 45 degree angle. Yep. <laughs> so another influential figure. I'm sorry. Ishii's leadership was characterized by a ruthless pursuit of scientific knowledge and an unwavering commitment to achieving military objectives. He demanded absolute loyalty from his subordinates and encouraged a culture of secrecy within the unit. Now, this allowed 731, Unit 731 to operate with impunity, shielded from inter- international scrutiny. Another influential figure in the formation of the Unit 731 was Lieutenant Colonel Masaji Kitano. A microbiologist by training, Kitano played a crucial role in developing biological weapons for the unit. He oversaw the production and dissemination of deadly agents such as plague-infected fleas and cholera bacteria, which were, yeah, which were used to contaminate water supplies and spread diseases among enemy populations. God damn. Yeah, they were ruthless back in the day. That's the they're like that's why I, I say mean, it's worse. Japan is notorious for it too. Like they have always been very ruthless when it comes to war. Yeah. But like also like when I say biological weapons are worse, that's why is because if a nuke goes off close mm-hmm. enough to give me nuclear radiation poisoning but not kill me in the in the blast, yeah. I have warning though. Like I have, you know what I'm saying? Like there are people that we know what's happening in that case. Like I didn't just suddenly get cancer and internal burns for no reason. Like if it's but like poisoning the water supply is so bad, it's downright that's evil. Literally comic book level evil. Well, it also has to do with the fact that it, you can't control who is affected by a chemical weapon like that. Exactly. So you're hitting innocence on purpose on purpose yes like uh only there was a current thing that we could compare it to but hmm Hmm. yeah that doesn't happen nowadays yeah you're right correct Uh uh-huh those five thousand children had it coming to them but whatever Sorry. Go I on. I no, I just hate No, you're right. But that's exactly why what I'm talking about like it's just so disgusting. Um okay, so Katano's experiments and we- expertise in weaponizing pathogens contributed significantly to Japan's chemical warfare capabilities during World War II. His leadership within Unit 731 ensured that the organization remained at the forefront of biological warfare research, I'm sorry, constantly pushing boundaries and exploring new methods of inflicting mass casualties. God. Now, one of the primary objectives of Unit 731 was to develop highly effective biological weapons that could be used against enemy forces. 
The unit aimed, like I said, to create diseases that can be spread through various means such as water, food, or air. They conducted extensive research on pathogens like anthrax, bubonic plague, cholera, and typhoid fever. By weaponizing these diseases, they hoped to cripple enemy armies and cause mass casualties. Now, another goal of Unit 731 was to conduct experiments on human subjects in order to study the effects of various biological agents. Now, these experiments involved infecting prisoners with deadly diseases and observing their progression. The victims were often subjected to excruciating pain without any anesthesia or medical treatment. These inhumane experiments aimed to understand how different pathogens affected the human body and find ways to counteract them. Unit 731 also sought to gather intelligence on enemy nations by studying their biological warfare capabilities. They collected samples from different regions in China, Southeast Asia, and even as far as India in order to analyze local pathogens for potential use as weapons. This information would help them understand the strengths and weaknesses of their adversaries' bioweapons bio programs. So it wasn't just Japan that was doing biological warfare. No, it was the whole world. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, but this was... They yeah. just basically uh, industrialized it. Like yeah. Japan usually does with things. Yeah, they, um, they just made it their, their fucking mission to perfect it. Right. So the unit's activities were not limited solely to research, though. They also engaged in large-scale field tests using live subjects. For instance, during the infamous frostbite experiment, prisoners were exposed to freezing temperatures for prolonged periods while being monitored for uh, physiological changes caused by hypothermia. These tests aimed at finding effective treatments for frostbite that could benefit Japanese soldiers fighting in harsh winter conditions. So on that end... What they were looking for was ways to help, but they just tested no. on. <laughs> no. <clears throat> the, that's what they say. The, oh, I just, there was a quote that I wish I could pull out of my ass right now, but it's like, there the, are two. The ends justifying the means. Right. It's either the ends justify the means or both the ends and the means matter. Yeah. Like, you can't. Basically, you, you can't start a country of peace by doing war. You know what I'm saying? It just isn't possible. You just yeah. can't. It, and that's always, always the villain will be like, but I'm doing it to help. That's why I have to kill half the universe. It's like, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Thanos' snap to uh, call the population or whatever. Yeah, even though literally the population doesn't need to reduce, we just need to use resources more efficiently. It's just so shit. So Unit 731 operated under a veil of secrecy with little guard for international laws or ethical considerations. Their actions violated numerous treaties and conventions, including the Geneva Protocol in 1924, which prohibited the use of chemical and biological (laughs) weapons. The unit's leaders justified their actions by claiming that they were necessary for Japan's survival in a war against powerful adversaries. Now, despite their ruthless methods, Unit 731 did make significant advances in the field of biological warfare. Their research research laid the foundation for future studies on infectious diseases and led to important discoveries in medicine. However... Okay. It was by spreading those infectious diseases and shit. 
Like, yeah. that's not a contribution. I mean, right, it's gosh. a contribution to more murder. That's sure. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm just my cat's really cute. Yeah. By the way, just because I got so used to it when we recorded back in the day when I was there with all the uh-huh. smoke and everything making my eyes burn, I have literally lit an incense right next to me, and the smoke was just blowing in my face. So, <laughs> yeah, are burning right now. It's like you're but, here. It's like old yeah. times. So within Japan, Unit 731 collaborated extensively with various military units and research organizations. The unit worked closely with the Kim Pietai, the Japanese, which is the Japanese military police force responsible for maintaining order in occupied territories. The Kim Pietai uh, provided, I may be pronouncing that wrong, but mm-hmm. P- K-E-M-P-E-I-T-A-I. Kim mm-hmm. That sounds right enough. Yeah. I don't know, Kempo. dog. Yeah. We'll just say Kempo. So provided sure. uh, Unit 731 with a steady supply of prisoners for their experiments. The collaboration, this collaboration allowed Unit 731 to continue its heinous activities without fear of interference or exposure. Furthermore, Unit 731 also collaborated with other Japanese medical and scientific institutions. They shared their findings and research methodologies with these organizations to further advance the knowledge in biological warfare. Now, this collaboration not only helped Unit 731 gain legitimacy within Japan, but also allowed them to access additional resources and expertise. However, perhaps the most shocking aspect of Unit 731's collaboration was its cooperation with Nazi Germany during World War II. Despite being on opposite sides of the conflict, both nations shared... I thought they were on the same side. Who? Well, they were both Axis powers, right? Yeah. Who? Japan and fighting. Germany? Yeah, yeah Japan well, and Germany. It was Japan, Germany, and Italy were the Axis. Yeah. But I guess, really, I guess um, <laughs> I'm not actually starting this one. I just wanted in my history for later. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we stopped golfing a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, I can tell because the game pops up on my screen. Um, you should no, spectate. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> no, it's just a screen asking me if I want to join. But um, I guess technically, yeah, they were all we were all fighting. But maybe uh, Japan wasn't fighting to eradicate the Jews like Nazi or Germany was. So no, right? They were. It was basically just they were against us because they right. didn't like us. Yeah, Germany was against uh, the Jews at all, and so we were like, "Fuck that!" Actually, mm-hmm. as after Japan, you know, Pearl Harbored us, and right. then. Italy, was um, just Italy there. was just kind of Germany's hype man, as yeah. far as I'm aware. <laughs> well, it's the thing um, with Japan too is they were led to believe that it would be like weeks or months before America was able to mobilize yeah. in a counterattack, and turns out it was days. It would, yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. You could almost hear the conversation between like Hitler and Japan. Japan was like, we bombed, we bombed America. And Hitler's like, what? No. <laughs> I guess it'd be nine, 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 nine. So there or, was, or maybe because there's, there's a reel that goes around about uh, Japan attacking Pearl Harbor a lot where this guy kind of explains the whole thing. There was even one 
Japanese general or something that said to go to war with America is to go to war with the world. If we attack them, I will die on my boat. Mm-hmm. And he didn't die on his boat. He died in a plane. Yep. Well, didn't the, the skyboat somebody in yeah. Japan? Didn't the Emperor of Japan or somebody high up in Japan after Pearl Harbor said, "I fear we may have awakened a sleeping giant." Yeah, famously, it's See, something it's, like that. Something like it's that. It's phrases like that that give fucking Americans such a fucking war boner. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, man, because the they think it giant. makes us badass. It makes us the fucking villain, kind of. Yeah. Like, we're like that crazy dude who lives at the end of the block that everyone's like, stay out of his fucking yard. He's, if you don't go in his yard, he won't bother you. Yeah. But if you do, it will be bad. He He's tweaking, but just don't go past his fence. If you go past his <laughs> fence, he gets a little stabby. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the so, amount of retaliation. Like, the... Right. It's too much retaliation. Yeah. I mean, hell, they bombed a naval base, which, okay, is an act of war. We destroyed two of their cities. Exactly. So. Like, with 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 the... With, to date, the largest and most vicious attack in wartime... That the world had ever seen, ever. And I would argue still has ever seen. Yeah. Like the largest single attack. Two cities got wiped off the map. Yeah. Two right. bombs. In That's the, it was what, fucking like, uh, insane. It was how long apart? Like uh, like two or three days, something like that. It was like, like right that. up against each other. So, yeah, despite being on opposite sides of the conflict, both nations shared a common interest in developing weapons of mass destruction. Three days? Mm -hmm. It was uh, on the 6th of August and the 9th of August. Well, there you go. Um, German scientists provided technical assistance to Unit 731 in areas such as aerobiology and weaponization techniques. Now, the collaboration between these two notorious entities extended beyond mere scientific exchange. It included sharing information about human experimentation methods. German scientists were particularly interested in Japanese experiments involving frostbite treatment and, excuse me, and using vivisection techniques. Um, in return, Japanese yeah, researchers... Vi- vivisection think- techniques, that is not something that you are doing for the benefit of fucking anybody. No! Like, that's just torture. Right. Especially it's, when you do it's, it without anesthesia. It's just excessively painful murder. It's not yeah. even torture, because torture implies being kept alive. That's true. You're right. He's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in return, Japanese researchers gained valuable insights into Germans' advancements in chemical warfare. Now, vivisection is defined as the dissection or surgery performed on a living organism. Now, in most cases, the procedure is carried out under anesthesia to minimize pain and suffering. However, at Unit 731, vivisections were conducted without any regard for the well-being or comfort of the victim. And boom, you're in shock almost instantly. Well, yeah. As soon as that fucking scalpel cuts you. Yeah. Did you know that they have to do that for some heart surgeries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brain surgeries as well. Mm Mm-hmm. They will just straight cut your bones open while you have to fucking deal with it. Yeah, well, you get a fuck ton of anesthetic, not so, not an, not anesthesia. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, the one, the one that makes pain not localized. Be so severe. It's it depends because there are some people who are allergic to the anesthesias yeah. that are generally available. And if you have a heart condition and are also allergic to it, you have to just be awake for heart surgery. They can give you some local anesthetics, mm-hmm. but once they get to your ribs, it, it's the music and you screaming. Like yep. that's it. Like it's oh, oh it's harrowing. It's harrowing to hear about, like to read about. It's so it's awful. So, the but it's that doing... or die of your heart being bad. So I I die of a bad heart. I think maybe I would too, but. So the purpose of doing this was to observe firsthand how different organs and systems within the body function under extreme conditions. That's an extreme condition. Yeah. Now, these experiments often involved cutting open live subjects while they were fully conscious and then observing their reactions to determine how much pain they could endure before succumbing to shock or death. God, the victims were often... Yeah. So the victims would often be kept alive for extended periods after being dissected so that further observations could be made on their internal organs. Now, the lack of anesthesia during these vivisections meant that victims experienced excruciating pain throughout the procedure. They would scream and writhe in agony as their bodies were cut open and their organs exposed. Now, this level of cruelty is difficult to comprehend and goes against all principles of medical ethics. Like, I'm literally, you said it's difficult to comprehend. I've been trying to do that for like three minutes. Yeah. And like. It, you can't. I, I mean, I'm barely getting it. Like, it's, it's. I'm just imagining, like, what is the look on the face of the monster who's doing this quote-unquote procedure? Like, no look, just, you know. Yeah. Absolute blank. That's Mm -hmm. why Japan is so good at horror stories, because they are one. Like, that's, (laughs) that's crazy. That's so horrifying. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild. Imagine being that person that's forced to be, that you're dissected and then they keep you alive on fucking purpose just to watch, just to see how long you got. Just see what you do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That is, that is legit hell. Uh Uh-huh. That's like actual hell. Yeah. Furthermore, these experiments served no legitimate scientific purpose beyond advancing Japan's military capabilities during the war. The information information obtained from these vivisections was not used to develop new medical treatments or save lives. Can't believe it. It was used used, uh, to further the Japanese military's pursuit of biological weapons and gain a tactical advantage over their enemies. Now, one of the most hein- one of the most heinous experiments conducted by Unit Seven Thirty One involved exposing individuals to the bubonic plague, a highly contagious <laughs> disease caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis. This is this. I mean, imagine uh, they really like could have just started the good old plague back up. Yeah. What the fuck? So, but here how they did it. There, victims. I- why like uh, i mean i mean why i mean why like 
why though? Why is like uh, for the same fucking reason that Joseph Mengele did it? The whole it's world bad. Though. It's like anti-science. The it's, whole world though. At the same time, why? How? Because war is an excuse for evil people to be evil. Fucking a like. War will always bring out the the worst, most evil people. And they'll do it under the guise of for the war effort. The same reason that Joseph Mengele did it, the same reason that the doctors at Unit 731 did it. Same reason that the Manhattan Project did it. Yep. Fucking... Like, God because it, it's like, not a matter... Like you say, the whole world. It's not a matter of you know, this country did it. It's a matter of evil individuals in that country did it. And yeah, the government signed off on it because surprise, surprise, high-ranking government and military officials are fucking sociopaths. It's just... And they'll believe anything if you say it's for the war effort. I mean, I get that conceptually, but also... That's so far outside the scope of my human understanding. Yeah, congratulations. You have a conscience right. and emotions. And like how how did the how did we let it get that fucking far? Like as a as people, like you know what I'm saying? They wasn't cuz it wasn't under wraps though at all. It was just they were doing it. It was at the it. time. No, it was at the time. Oh, yeah. It was highly secretive at the time. The German public did not believe that concentration camps were real even after they were being discovered. They were like, oh, that's American propaganda. The government would never do that. I guess, man. That shit's so crazy. I just, how could we have been so naive back then? Uh, Like, because we didn't have, yeah, and we are, but also they didn't. You know, we're only so much less naive now because we have the unfortunate the benefit of having heard horror stories like this. We now understand the reality of what happened in World War II, and for that reason, we understand the depths of how evil human beings can be when given the excuse. See, but that's what I'm saying, though, is that even back in World War II... Like, we called them concentration camps back then, but since the dawn of war, we've been calling them work camps or slave camps. Like, well, in Germany, it was different. It wasn't so much a work camp or slave camp. It was basically a murder camp. Well... Once the final solution was implemented, yes. But up until that, they were being used as forced labor for the war effort. And, like, that's what I'm saying. Is, like, maybe maybe I don't believe as a citizen that my government is doing essentially a slaughterhouse for people. Yeah. But not believing in slave labor or prisoners of war... Nothing? Discrimination? Well, no, they, none of that shit? They knew, they knew that that was happening. So there were propaganda videos that were sent out to people in the German military and people in the German public that painted a picture of Jewish people who were forced into 
the camps uh playing soccer being fed meals in a big nice cafeteria Mm -hmm. between their work hours and it it all got disguised to anybody who wasn't you know high ranking enough to know oh yeah we're putting them there we're feeding them nothing we're just letting them waste away and then you know once the final solution came came along there were still not that many people that knew what the final solution was i'm just so angry at humans like we know we know you know what i mean like that it's just Vlad the Impaler didn't impale all them people by himself, is what, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have always known that monsters like that exist in our own countries. Mm -hmm. And the world as a whole was just more barbaric in Vlad's time. That's what we can tell ourselves. That's what we can tell ourselves. I think I would rather get impaled than have my whole community be poisoned because of the water. Like, uh, and I, sorry, no, we can all die from drinking the water before I'll let someone put a stake up my ass, bro. I don't know, dog. I got pee, dude. There are some <laughs> clubs in New York that you can pay for that to happen. I'm sure there are. And I'm sure they have a massive clientele. This podcast is powered by Podbean Podcast Hosting. Are you thinking about starting your own podcast or looking for the best home for your podcast? Check out all the amazing features Podbean offers with unlimited bandwidth and storage for an affordable price. That's right, unlimited. Visit www.podbean.com slash unlimited to check it out today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash unlimited. I forgot how high up... Uh, the chairs that you bought, the leather ones go, and Capone is sitting on the one that you used to use. And I like had my foot up underneath it, and without even thinking about it, I pushed the uh, the lever that makes the chair yeah. raise. Uh, so he basically just got ejecto seated. <laughs> All right. So the way that people were exposed to the bubonic plague were either being directly uh, exposed to contaminated materials. Or even worse, they would be injected with infected fleas. Jesus. Now the per- injected with fleas? Yes. Like 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 the little hoppy boys in yeah. in your veins. Mm-hmm. Yes. What it sounds like to me. Yeah. That's the wor- I'm just I'm imagining a flea circus though. I no. I'm not. Just there in there with Osmosis Jones, you know. Now the purpose it is would be an, an it, listen fleas in your veins to Osmosis Jones would be akin to us walking into an alley and just finding Nyer Lethertep like like it would, be, <laughs> <laughs> it would be absolutely fucking buck wild. You would have no idea what to do like <laughs> at all. So the purpose was to study the progression of the disease and develop effective methods of transmission. So that was just to find different ways to infect people. Now, the, wow. um, the consequences of these innocent victims was for these innocent victims was devastating. Bubonic plague causes painful swelling of the lymph nodes, high fever, 
chills, and extreme fatigue. Without proper treatment, it could lead to septicema or pneumonic pneumonic plague, uh, both of fatal conditions. Now, many victims died agonizing deaths due to lack of medical care or deliberate neglect by Unit 731 personnel. What? They yeah. didn't take medical precaution? Give them the plague, lock them in a room, and watch. That's their yeah. whole plan. Exactly. So anthrax was another deadly disease that Unit 731 subjected its victims to through forced exposure experiments. Now, anthrax is caused by spore-forming bacteria called Bacillus anthracis and can affect both humans and animals. Victims would be exposed through inhalation or direct injection with anthrax spores. Jesus. Now, the the effects of anthrax on humans are horrific. The disease can manifest in three forms, cutaneous, which would be on the skin, gastrointestinal, and inhalational. Inhalational anthrax is the most severe and often leads to death within days. Victims experience flu-like symptoms initially, followed by respiratory distress, shock, and ultimately organ failure. Damn. Uh, Unit 731's experiments with anthrax was not only cruel, but also highly dangerous. The release of anthrax spores into the environment posed a significant risk to both the victims and those working within the unit. The disregard for containment protocols... imagine, Imagine talking about the bubonic plague three minutes ago. And then having the uh, the script say the anthrax was like the highly dangerous thing. Yeah. Uh huh. That's, That's why cr- everyone was so scared of anthrax in the two thousands. That's so right. crazy. The disregard for containment protocols further demonstrates the complete lack of ethical considerations in their research. Prisoners were subjected to unimaginable suffering um, as they became unwilling subjects in these experiments. They were infected with deadly diseases like anthrax, cholera, and bubonic plague to study the effects on the human body. And vivisections without anesthesia were performed to obtain observed organ damage caused by these diseases. And in some cases, limbs were amputated and reattached just to test surgical techniques. Jesus. One particularly gruesome experiment involved exposing prisoners to frostbite conditions with their limbs while their limbs were submerged in icy water tanks. The aim was to study the best methods for treating frostbite injuries in, suffered by soldiers fighting in extremely cold climates. Now, uh, these victims- do you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm ahead here, but do you know why this one is so infamous? Because they learned a fuck ton from this one. Yeah. Treating yeah, frostbite. I imagine that they would. There, there yeah, you can learn that, a lot when no, no, you don't no, no, give no. a fuck about ethics. I, I know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not discounting how horrific it is, but this is one of those examples where it's like, it's the fucked up reality of it that we we talked about with um, another one of our now three human experimentation episodes, mm-hmm. where it's horrific. And we end up learning like a couple of little things at the cost of some of the most atrocious human experiments ever done. We learn like two or three things that are still used today. And that's that's it. That's all that actually comes from them because the rest of it is just torture. My so the risk of- my counter argument, even though I agree that is how history works. Yeah. 
is... I'm not saying we should be thankful this happened. <laughs> not that we should be thankful or whatever, or, or not even that we should be ungrateful for the knowledge, but my argument would be that if it was such a big problem that soldiers were facing, you absolutely could have done some experiments on people who already had fucking frostbite. Yeah. And it may have taken slightly longer, but you would have got the same results. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Take the torture out of it. But no, they wanted to do the torture, so they did. Yeah. So the risk of sounding stupid because, you know, I, what was our third human test subject episode? I don't remember. It wasn't Mengele we that Mingala. we talked about this in. I don't think so. I don't remember. It We've was done 200 and something episodes, so I know. It may have been remember. a midweek, and the midweeks Maybe. sometimes just immediately leave my brain after we record yeah. them. I think that's what That's how I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um Yeah, so these victims endured excruciating pain as their bodies succumbed to hypothermia and gangrene. Another area of research focused on testing the efficacy of chemical weapons such as mustard gas and phosgene, or phosgene gas. Jesus. Prisoners would be exposed to these toxic substances at varying doses and durations until death occurred or severe injuries manifested themselves. These experiments aimed at finding ways to improve Japan's chemical warfare capabilities. Now, the victims of Unit 731 experiments included Chinese civilians and prisoners of war from various countries such as Russia, Korea, and even Allied soldiers. The number of casualties remains uncertain, but estimates range from thousands to tens of thousands. To cover up their crimes, Unit 731 personnel often executed the surviving prisoners after the experiments were completed. So if somebody survived the experiments, they would just kill them just to keep it secret. Wow. That's on some uh, SCP type shit. Yep. Yeah. It's executing the, the D class personnel. Yeah. So the actions of Unit 731 raise profound ethical questions about the limits of scientific research and the treatment of human subjects. The Nuremberg trials, held after World War II, condemned similar experiments conducted by Nazi doctors, leading to the establishment of ethical guidelines for human experimentation. However, no such trials were held for the Unit 731 members due to the secret deal struck between Japan and the United States. Oh, there we are. Yep. Uh-huh. So the lack I of I wondered when we would do some crazy bullshit in this. <laughs> the lack of accountability for these war crimes is deeply troubling. It sends a message to some atrocities or that some atrocities can be overlooked or forgotten in the pursuit of geopolitical interests. The victims and their families have been denied justice while those responsible for those heinous acts escaped punishment. One yeah, survivor. this this is why I like I'm so hesitant to say, oh yeah, and from that horrific experiment we learned this very useful treatment for frostbite because I don't want it to be like it's okay that that happened. Right. But it's still you know it's it's part of the topic where I want to be like as a result of those experiments we now treat frostbite a thousand times better than we did before. It's just part of acknowledging the the whole truth of it, I feel right. like. But that's that's not any justification. It's neither the ends nor the means, like you were saying before. Monsters can know stuff too. Yeah, exactly. It's it's 
absolutely they should have been fucking tried yes at least like they should have been tried and sentenced probably to death like right like we gave the nazi german scientists free access of our space program so yeah operation paperclip Mm -hmm. yeah and um yeah all of them fuck them mm-hmm I would rather live in a shitty steampunk world where nothing works than one where Nazis built it all day long. So one survivor, Li Zuying, was just a teenager when she was taken to Unit 731. She recalls being subjected to various experiments that aimed to test the effects of biological weapons on human subjects. She vividly remembers being injected with deadly diseases and witnessing fellow prisoners suffer excruciating deaths due to these experiments. She described how she would often wake up surrounded by dead bodies, as many did not survive the torturous conditions they were subjected to. Jeez. Another survivor, Chang Hongxing, recounts his time at Unit 731 as a prisoner of war. He was captured by the Japanese army during their invasion of Manchuria and transported to Pingfang, for experimentation purposes. Cheng Hongxing describes being infected with the bubonic plague and forced to endure unimaginable pain while doctors observed his deteriorating condition. He also Jesus, and his- survived? Yeah, he survived. Holy he shit. Also witnessed, he also witnessed vivisections performed on other prisoners without anesthesia or any regard for their suffering. Unit 731 was responsible for conducting horrific experiments on thousands of innocent v- civilians. Um... Hold on. Now, the unique aspect that sets Unit 731 apart from other war crimes is its focus on scientific research for military purpose. Uh, the unit's leader, Shiri, or Shiro Ishii, aimed to develop biological weapons ca- capable of causing mass casualties among enemy forces. This scientific approach, while morally abhorrent, distinguishes Unit 731 from other war crimes that were primarily driven by ideological or racial motivations. Furthermore, the scale of Unit 731's operations was unprecedented. It is estimated that thousands of victims were subjected to these experiments, with a death toll reaching into the tens of thousands. The unit operated multiple facilities across China and even conducted field experiments using live subjects. This level of organization and coordination sets it apart um, from other war crimes committed during World War II. The activities carried out by this unit had devastating consequences not only during the war but also in the aftermath as the truth about their experiments came to light. Firstly, it is crucial to acknowledge the severe human rights violations committed by Unit 731. The experiments conducted on innocent civilians and prisoners of war were nothing short of barbaric. Furthermore, Unit 731's activities had significant implications for scientific advancement in biological warfare. Despite the horrific Yeah, nature, would you say would you say that impaling somebody is more or less or equally barbaric as vivisecting them to just watch their organs rot? Less. So yeah, that's what I meant earlier when I was like we can tell ourselves that when Vlad the Impaler was around it was more barbaric, but like I think we, we've been doing parallel evolution with a, a race of monsters, and those monsters are the people who can do stuff like this. Yeah. And they are 
they maybe not to that scale. The, Somebody's always so doing it. So the the difference for me because it's Vlad the Impaler did it as a show of force and to send a message to people who saw his impaled victims. It it was it was a power move. Mm-hmm. It's just more technology now. And it's not to send a message. It's under the guise of scientific advancement. Okay. I mean, that's valid. At the same time. I, I think they, they are equally <clears throat> unethical. Uh, yeah. At the same time, I think it's more barbaric to not be sending a message. Yeah. Like, because that means that all they were doing, and Don has said it a few times mm-hmm. now, all they were doing was trying to find new ways to kill people efficiently on a large scale. Yeah. That's barbarism. And we still have people doing that as a job today. They work for companies like Raytheon and other the other one, Lockheed Martin, I yeah. think. Um good Northrop Grumman, all mm. of those fucking weapons manufacturers like as represented by Tony they Stark. They still they still did do that back in the day though. It was just like the the lord or whatever his yeah. military would have, you know, the prisoners in their dungeon that they would be like, uh, let's test some poison for on sure. these people. For sure. I'm but that's my point though is that Less barbaric times, it's really not, though. It's just that they have learned that they should not let us know they're doing it. Yeah? Holy shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah? Is he just staring in the corner making that sound? He's, like, looking up straight at the ceiling, but yes. He's so, like howling at the goddamn moon. It's <laughs> <laughs> my cat's fighting ghosts. Uh, he's so, so high. Uh, what is happening? It's I was kind of fucking with him. <laughs> now, despite their horrific nature, these experiments provided valuable data that contributed to medical knowledge in areas such as infectious diseases and site physiology. However, it's important to note that this knowledge came at an enormous cost the lives and suffering of countless individuals who were used as unwilling subjects in these experiments. The aftermath of Unit 731's activities also raised important questions regarding international law and accountability for war crimes. After Japan's surrender in 1945, many members of Unit 731 struck deals with American authorities in exchange for immunity from prosecution. This decision was driven by Cold War politics, both sides sought to gain access to valuable research findings while downplaying Japan's wartime atrocities. Yep. As a result, none of those responsible for those heinous acts faced justice until decades later when some surviving members were finally held accountable. That's that's I'm glad that somebody at all was held accountable. That's the yeah. that's the the reel of that one guy. Um he's like a I don't remember Japanese Oh, guy, and he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 
you know, aren't I cute, America-san? Uh-huh. And America's like, wait, but didn't you do some this stuff? And he's it's like... like, take off the mask, Japan. We know what you really are. Uh-huh. And he's like, <clears throat> are oh, you, you sure? Do. Like, <laughs> are you sure you want that? And then he's like, you made me this way, so aren't I cute? <laughs> so I say again. Oh my wa! He does it in Japanese. It, yeah, it's so it's like, good. Oh my wa! Whatever the cute one, kawaii some desk. Yeah, I don't uh, know. And it's, but it's real. Like that's real. We are a huge part of the reason that Japan got away with so much shit. Uh huh. And also doesn't have like an active like military they've got a quote self-defense force yeah you know what i mean they Uh don't have a you know that's why japan said okay maybe imperialism doesn't work anymore or maybe we aren't good enough to play with the big dogs in imperialism anymore and we got out imperialed uh they're like okay we'll just become media giants (laughs) it's a large part of the reason that anime is so big yeah no fucking joke yes it for sure for sure the reason that there are cute anime girls is because of nuclear holocaust that's why you always have to yeah to capone knows (laughs) that's why every anime is about attacking and dethroning god like yes that's what it's about and it's because we wiped off the ma- two of their cities off the fucking map. Yeah, it's in less the, than a week. The uh, fuck, what's his name? The the entire history of the world. Bill Bill Wirtz. That's the one. yeah yeah. When when he gets to that part of the history of the world, uh, a thing pops up on screen that says cities that exist: Hiroshima, Nagasaki, and some others, and they just get crossed off. Yep. We absolutely <laughs> changed the world. In yeah. maybe not a great way. No. But it, it happened already, and we don't know how to time travel, so. Yep. <laughs> and well, even so if we end- did, who's to say that the the world as a whole doesn't get that look at what nuclear war is like? And then all of a sudden, uh, the Axis powers also got a hold of that nuclear technology. There's a There's a... There's an anime that I've been hearing about recently. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old it is or whatever, but it's um, it's an isekai. But the premise is that a modern Japanese battleship goes back, like they're doing some maneuvers or whatever, uh-huh. and they end up in World War Two. Ah, and they have to decide: do we help Japan? Do we stay out of it? What do we do? And a big That's crux fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and a big crux of it is like the crew is deciding. Well, they've anyway, it's not a big spoiler because they decide not to. So they're just trying to get back home without fucking up the timeline. Yeah. But how when they're a giant fucking battleship and radar just got invented? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's so but that's a big part of it is like they have to think, well, the reason that we live in the place that we love, modern day Japan is because we got our asses absolutely kicked. Like, we got destroyed. People died, and we became the place we love. So what now? Morally and ethically. And, uh, yeah. 
So the impact of Unit 731's activities extended beyond the immediate victims and their families. The revelation of these war crimes had a profound effect on Japan's national consciousness. For years, the government had suppressed information about Unit 731, denying its existence and covering up the atrocities committed. However, as survivors began to speak out and evidence emerged, it became impossible to ignore the truth. This led to a collective reckoning with Japan's wartime past and a renewed commitment to human rights. In addition, Unit 731's activities also influenced international efforts to ban biological weapons. The shocking revelations about the extent of Japan's biological warfare program prompted global condemnation and fueled calls for in stronger regulations against such weapons. In 1972, like, the... Um, uh, that's... Yes, I agree. Japan went above and beyond... Not in like a cool teacher's pet kind of way, uh-huh. like in a really bad, shitty take over the school kind of way. Yeah, and um, yeah. Also, though, y'all were doing it too. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yep. But we just didn't get caught. We're still doing it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, of course. Like, they just learned how to hide it every time new technology happens, or every time they have to, like, Alcatraz closed, so they moved somewhere else, and then they have to close the next thing, and then they'll move somewhere else, and it's the same people over and over and over again. Yep. And then somebody says they got COVID from a bat in a wet market somewhere in China. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but sure. Because there are people well, who it, say that COVID was a biological weapon. Yeah. Oh, I see. Sure. It's a biological weapon that, you know, was made to hurt people, but don't get the vaccine against that biological weapon. Because that, too, is a biological weapon somehow. It's an endless Well, cycle. see, that's, Don, that's the secret, is that it's all biological weapons. It's I I had to explain to a coworker uh, at work like last night how why the COVID vaccine was able to come about as quickly as it was because he was like no they 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 came out with it way too quickly I don't trust it I had to explain yeah. to him how coronavirus vaccines have been in works for decades. And when there is a global pandemic, all of the world's top researchers come together to complete and build upon that research that was already in progress for decades with slight modifications for this particular strain. And then, yes, the FDA will fast track everything that needs to be done to get it rolled out. It's we're so used to things taking forever that we forget how fast they can work when there is a global effort. The speed at which the COVID vaccine came out is actually a testament to how much humanity can get done when it is everybody's problem at once. Yeah. Or God forbid we work together. Exactly. Exactly. We can take something that normally takes a hundred years and get it done in two when all of the world scientists and doctors work together on something. We could have work capabilities, damn it. Get on that. I don't I want that's theoretical still. They they 
They know how to do vaccines. They don't know how we to need, do warp drives. We need yet. transporters. Then we wouldn't have to do this remote record it's, bullshit. Look, what I'm saying is we could have jetpacks. Some that, guy that in LA does. That but and, and exactly, exactly. Some guy in LA does. Imagine also the military, kinda. Kind of, but imagine if the whole world worked together. We we could have compact jetpacks. So you could you could pay like two grand get a personal jetpack. It would be way more cost prohibitive than that, and you know it. But I agree. Uh, yeah, for the first two years, and then they would come out with the 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 jetpack light. Mm-hmm. That's the. <laughs> they and would call it, it a jump pack. It would be slower. Exactly. Yeah, it would be slower, <clears throat> and then you'd get like the off-brand versions that explode and kill people sometimes, but. <laughs> They cost a lot less. Yeah, they catch on fire, but like you can't get your license until you're 16. I probably, I think, I think probably 18 for jetpacks. Maybe, maybe a class like you have to take for a motorcycle license too. Probably that. You, you got to go get, get. You got to go get your JPL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got to get your Iron Man license. Yeah, <laughs> they, they would absolutely call it the Stark license or something ridiculous too. <laughs> yep. Just because Marvel is in everything now. Except their own movies. Uh, hold on. Oh, damn! Holy shit! <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> God damn! All right. Um, so the impact of Unit Seven Thirty One's activities extended beyond the immediate victims and their families. The revelation of these war crimes had a profound effect on Japan's national consciousness. I read that. I'm sorry. Um, uh, okay, so the significance of Unit 731 lies in its contribution to Japan's imperialistic ambitions during World War II. Uh, firstly, it provided valuable intelligence for Japanese military strategists. The experiments uh, conducted by Unit 731 aimed to study the effects of various diseases and pathogens on human subjects. By understanding these effects, Japanese scientists could develop countermeasures against potential biological attacks from enemy forces. Secondly, Unit 731 played a crucial role in the developing biological weapons that could be used as tools for conquest and control. The unit experimented with deadly diseases. I've already read all the deadly diseases. Uh, Such weapons had devastating effects on both military and personnel and civilian populations. Um, (laughs) I'm kind of skipping around now because a lot of it just starts repeating itself. So the harrowing experiences endured by the victims of Unit 731 have left indelible scars on their psychological uh, as well-being and that of their families. The unimaginable horrors inflicted upon these innocent individuals have caused deep-rooted trauma that continues to haunt them to this day. The psychological consequences of this heinous experimentation are far-reaching, extending beyond the immediate victims themselves and impairing their families and communities as well. Now, the victims' uh, psyches bear the burden of this unspeakable act, or unspeakable acts committed against them, leading to a multitude of physi- or psychological disorders. Post-traumatic stress disorder is prevalent among survivors, characterized by intrusive memories, nightmares, and hyper-arousal symptoms triggered by reminders of their traumatic past. These recurring flashbacks transport them back to the dark chambers where they were subjected to inhuman experiments, leaving them trapped in a perpetual state of fear and anguish. Furthermore, survivors often experience profound feelings of guilt and shame for having survived when so many others perished. They grapple with survivor's guilt, and 
And this guilt is compounded by the knowledge that they were forced to witness the suffering and death of their fellow captives firsthand. The psychological trauma inflicted upon victims also reverberates within their families. Witnessing the profound pain endured by their loved ones takes an immense toll on the family member's mental health as well. And they are left feeling helpless and overwhelmed as they attempt to support those who have been emotionally shattered by these atrocities. The constant exposure to their loved ones, anguish can loved one's anguish can lead family members to develop secondary trauma or compassion fatigue, a condition where they experience symptoms similar to PTSD due to vicarious exposure. And I think we pretty much wrap that up there. That's a pretty that, good stop. Yeah. Well, well yep. that's, that is how trauma works. Uh huh. <laughs> we're we're all well aware of that now. Of how trauma works. But on a lighter note, as we come out of this, uh, next week's story is completely for your debunking pleasure. Both of us. Hey. And it's a fairly new one. Good. It's a fairly newer urban legend. It's from nineteen eight or nineteen ninety seven. So Hey, I was one. <laughs> I was five. I was twenty two. So Shit, you are old enough to be my dad. Yeah, yeah. I if I had my camera on, you'd see my middle finger right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have my camera on because I'm Henry Zabrowski in it right now. He was only technically old enough to be my dad. He would have been seventeen in '92. Yeah. That's technically. Teens do be doing teen pregnancy sometimes, yeah. but like my dad was seventeen when I was when he it's had actually more when I was born. Then. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess you just hear about it more now. Yeah, you hear about it more, but statistically, it's like fucking a lot less. Mm. Education helps. Sense. It turns out. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You're talking crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, everybody. We are back on track now, and I think we've got this whole recording thing figured out where we can do it without any stress. Yeah, this was so, a lot better. Yeah, yep. a hell of a lot easier than last week, and a hell of a lot easier. A than hell of a lot easier episode. than the midweek we did this t- 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 today. <laughs> yeah, because now that I don't have to worry about the internet on my computer, you know, it's just my phone. My phone, if I lose internet, I still got data. The only problem may come if I start getting you know, past my data limits, but I have unlimited data. So Yeah. I love how it's unlimited it data, will. but it will slow down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's unlimited up to yeah. a certain point, and then it gets throttled. Right. And then but, it's still uh, technically unlimited. You still have data. It's just fucking useless. Right. But uh, I do have to tell you guys that something happened this week that I never expected to say. Um, I let the dogs out in the middle of the night, and I've got one of those really, really powerful flashlights. Who let the dogs out? It was him. I did. Yeah. Wolf, 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 wolf. Who? But um, I was just shining it, (laughs) and and the flashlight I used could reach all the way to the uh, back perimeter of our yard. Uh And there was a deer. In our yard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does happen. Yeah, yeah. That's welcome to not Florida. 
But what worries me, and Cindy saw the deer again in the woods behind our house. But what worries me is that usually deer are considered like the ultimate prey or, uh, yeah, prey. So I'm pretty sure there's predators out there somewhere. And we know that wolves are um, in the area. So we've got a little miniature dog that might be mistaken for a rodent. So, yeah, you got to be careful about that type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, is his happy ass is the one that likes to go to the back perimeter and start sniffing around the fence line. So, so you can get like a little harness for him that actually is covered in spikes. I have seen them for uh, dogs that live in areas that have like really bad bird of prey issues. Yeah. For for little dogs, they make uh, the most punk looking spike vests you have ever seen in your entire life. That would be pretty cool. I'll have to look into that. All right, so we're going to wrap Odie deserves a fucking punk-ass Mad Max (laughs) (laughs) Bernie Sanders goes Mad Max. But So we're going to wrap this up because I just got the alert that my phone's dying. Um, Oh, okay, bye. No. So like I said, everybody, we are back. (laughs) We're back in business. And um, hopefully we're going to keep this up. And in the very near future, somebody will buy Ruben's house. They can please the fuck yeah. up here. Even if you don't want, please it, buy the house. Yeah, it's only two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Yeah, I've I've got a couple of our uh, Discord people on the hook, that, that, you know, to move to Illinois. <laughs> yeah, so start we're we're starting a commune. Uh huh. Yeah. If, if you There's you can start homesteading on that property that you have, we can put yeah. in another like handful of mother-in-law suites out there. <laughs> oh, it'd be dope. We'll just buy the neighborhood. Yeah. It's not a neighborhood out here. It's just a bunch of houses. You're not a neighborhood. We shall probably be. Uh, We, we are a neighborhood. But (laughs) we, comrade. Yes. So as always, check us out on Facebook. I haven't been on Facebook as much as I would like to. I'm still trying to get back into the swing of that. You know, facebook.com slash TTO pod. Our Podbean account, please go and like us. It doesn't cost you anything to like us there or follow us. And, uh, Get our numbers up there. Hopefully, we can get more into their feed. Uh, that is two towns over. Dot podbean. Podbean. Dot com. Yeah, we say it in the commercial every week, but I don't listen to it. Um, and uh, join our Discord. I don't know what the link is for that. Just go to Discord and look up two towns over. Put it in the description. No, put it in the description, Don. Link in the description. That's all we have link to say. Link in the description. Okay. Yeah, I'll put the link in the description. Come join us. We are desperately trying. Well, I am desperately trying to turn that into a community where we can talk to our fans and our fans can talk to us and we can start the revolution and um, uh, order the Kool-Aid. Other than that, uh, the Kool-Aid is for others. The rich ones, not us. We have a Patreon if you feel froggy um, and you can afford it. We, everything ranges from $2 to $20. Uh, we have an entire demonology course that we took together on yep. there. We took turns reading like we were in school. That's <laughs> what you're missing by not being on, on our Patreon right now. You get uh, that from what tier, Don? Uh, that starts at tier 10 or $10 tier. Uh, $2 okay. tier, you get a shout out, uh, $5 tier, you get episodes early, which I'm trying to get back into the swing of that, that record that requires us to uh, record a double episode one day so we can get ahead again. 
Uh, $15 tier, you get, uh, it's called the Keys to the City. You get a Two Towns Over keychain and everything else. And then the $20 tier is a Ghost Strokes uh, groupie. You get a Ghost Strokes backstage pass, which eventually will grant you access, private access to special events and um, other things like early access to when we get a shop going early access to new merch Don, and stuff like that. Don and I sex tape once we finally get that edited down that'll be on yeah. the the groupies tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh real quick, have either of you seen the live action Last Airbender uh trailer? Nope. It's not in my channel. No. I know it's not. I'm I will refuse to watch anything to do with it until it comes out. Uh what about Scott Pilgrim? I am watch that. I, nope. I I watched all the. I've seen everything <laughs> that's about to come out for the Scott Pilgrim anime. F- five days. T minus five days. Okay. I I am I am content with the Scott Pilgrim that I have. That's <laughs> you have Scott Pilgrim at home. I have the one the movie that was fun. <laughs> I that's it. I fucking love Scott Pilgrim. I've wanted the box set for so long. And you I got guys One need Piece happening right now. It's good. One Piece episode. Yeah, we do. So, yeah, we do. We're sure as shit not doing it tonight, though. Nope. Yeah. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Uh, be, be good, good to, to yourselves. yourselves. Don't be dicks. And thanks for coming to our town. Bah. Yeah, bye. Bye. All right, bye.